You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Uh, welcome back, listener, to episode 35 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I hope you brought your floaties because it's going to be a wet one <laughs> or maybe not quite yet. Maybe I should say I hope you brought your uh, your work boots because it may get a little messy on the ground because we're dealing with the animals coming on the ark. Yeah, we're not quite in the splash zone. <laughs> yeah, this is SeaWorld. Oh, that should be the name of the episode when we get there. See, I'm, I'm, le- I'm letting the two of you battle it out now that I no longer do segues. Eventually, you'll turn on each other. <laughs> Right. And, I, and, I, and I will step into the ashes of the aftermath of your, you know, brutal battle and reclaim my crown. So, Well, brother, we're waiting for you to step onto the ark anyway. Why don't you join us? Okay. Well, today, <laughs> faithful listeners, uh, we're looking at the opening verses of Genesis chapter 7. Uh, I think 7, 1 through 5. Isn't that what we said? Correct. Th- that is what we said. But before we get to that, we do have some housekeeping. Uh, oh, okay. To to. Oh, by all means. Uh, first, as always, we want to remind you, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Like this podcast, follow if you're on Spotify, and subscribe if you're on iTunes. Whatever the nomenclature is, that helps the podcast and it helps you stay on top of things whenever we have a new episode on Tuesday mornings. Also, today uh, that this is going out, it is July 5th, which is a monumentous date for the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. Can you guys, Nathan and Matt, can you guess what anniversary that we're coming up on or actually have already passed when you're listening to this the uh, the first anniversary i mean the anniversary of our first episode not the anniversary of our first episode that comes in a few months but it was on this week it was july 1st uh 2020 that the podcast was officially uh conceived into being because we were all on a group phone call that matt organized where we were trying to come up with a name for this potential podcast. So oh, yeah. well, it's been uh, one year since well, this, since the name Better Than I Fiction. I remember Bible where podcast. I was standing. I did, I was on my back porch. Hey, and since there will, you know, all these things end with legal battles. When we're doing legal battles over who came up with the name, it was Matt Powell who came up with the name of the podcast. We were, we we're kind of having that we'll know it when we hear it discussion. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Matt, Matt, Matt said something to the effect, so... We're trying to capture the story dynamic of the Bible and how it's so much better than fiction. Okay, better than fiction, Bible podcast. And we were like, Eureka! That's yeah, it. That's it. It works. It's stuck. Meanwhile, my wife was inside watching me get all giddy and nerdy on the back porch, just rolling her eyes. But, you know, <laughs> I, I leave that out of the retelling. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, thanks for that, Matt. That turned out to be <laughs> that turned out to be a good idea. Here we are, episode 35. So, we're in Genesis seven. You said one through five. Is that right? Yeah, correct. All right. All right. Then Matt, I think it's been a while since you've read. Yes. Genesis chapter seven, verses one through five. And as always from the English standard version, then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of of all clean animals, 
the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. All right. Well, maybe this won't be the focus of today's episode, but I do have to say something jumps out at me almost immediately. And this is the second time that I've seen Noah get described as righteous. In fact, the first time, I think I may have said something on the podcast. I don't know if that was from a previous take or something, but I noticed that it says back in uh, chapter six, verse nine, it says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. So now I'm seeing it for a second time. And you know what? I always thought that Moses wrote this, but I'm beginning to think that Noah wrote this. <laughs> this, is like, this is like, this is like, we we talked about Moses <laughs> writing in numbers about uh, Moses being the most humble man. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, that's a that's an interesting observation and also it's one of those things that this word righteous when we talk about our systematic theologies and stuff like that especially as Protestants we emphasize in our systematic that apart from the cross there is no righteousness because yeah, our no, righteousness I mean, that's the, is we like filthy rags. Yeah, we know it from Romans 3:10. There is none righteous, no not even one. Correct. So isn't so this did, a problem so did here? Paul, did, did Paul not read Genesis? <laughs> he certainly didn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> that's, that. that's right. Um, but I mean, and, and, and let's take it a step beyond that. It's not just the fact. It's not just the fact that Noah is here described as righteous for the second time. It's that this is the story where the language of righteousness enters the biblical narrative. That is so true. This is uh, where that, that we, we hit appears. on that. Yeah, we hit on that last episode. So, what, what, Matt? What do you? Your scandalous topics, guy. Um, what, what do you? How do you bridge that gap? What do you do with that? Well, hmm. Like my my tongue in cheek response, and this is only halfway <laughs> serious, is that before Jesus, God graded righteousness on a curve rather than a cross. Um, <laughs> that uh, is funny words, and beautiful. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> thank you. Um, I try. Yeah. Um, I, the problem is I try too hard, right? Um, so, no, but maybe so, so certainly. So let's it, just say that Noah was righteous, and well, and, th- and was, this is not this is not reserved to this is not reserved to Noah within the biblical narrative, right? Oh, I know. But Jesus' you know, own earthly the, parents, you know, the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Noah character, never dies. Like he lives on this like distant island, like in perpetuity for forever because he is righteous. So um, m- maybe he's just off on an island living somewhere. <laughs> no, but I, but I, so you, no, you did. The text capt- definitely says that Noah died. So yeah, you, you, you did capture something though. Again, the flood in the, the biblical story of the flood is not something that the Bible is defending. It's something that the Bible is distinguishing because virtually oh, everyone has, everyone in the ancient world has the flood story. And so it's interesting to me that in the precisely in the biblical flood story, God relates to Noah on the basis of righteousness, that that is a factor, this upright, blameless, 
uh, way that of responding to God and others is a factor in the story. However, however we uh, define it, however we seek to reconcile it, because it's this is not the only um, hard to reconcile aspect of the verses that we read today. We'll talk about at least one other thing um, as we unfold. Yeah, um, I do have a response on like if you were to ask me this question in church and just say, "Hey, Matt, help me with this." Hey, Pastor Matt, I'm asking yeah. you as a congregant. <laughs> yeah. How, how how in the world can we and not again not just Noah, but how can we call Noah righteous? Well, I think in the same way, if we think about Hebrews 11, where, for instance, the faith of those in the Old Testament is celebrated, even though we have on good authority, I mean, like Samson's on that list. I can think of a lot of bad choices Samson made. David's on that list. Uh, Samuel's on that list. He had, you know, reprobate children. Um, there, Noah's on that list, and, you know, we're going to read about after the flood some definitely some ugly things about Noah's life. Uh, Moses is on that list. And, you know, he when murdered he started, When Noah started that wine label. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, uh, that's right. So where, where? I do not think righteous here means sinless because we know, and the New Testament helps us with this, is that whether or not you're reading it in the narrative there is no sinless person out there because we're born into the world sinning. And I mean, there's only one kind of one kind of human being that exists that exists, and that's a human being that sins. So would it be would it be fair to say that the designation of righteous in in the, in the narrative framework of the Bible is more or less a holistic assessment of their character interacting with God rather than an exhaustive assessment of their content? Yeah, I think it's let me push back a little bit to make sure I understand what you're saying. Are you talking about character as in, in who they are as a person, or are you talking about character as in like, and how uh, they really and how they respond like content to content of their character? No, no, no. So I'm saying it's it's their character, not necessarily every single thing they did was right. Right. So I, um, I don't think this is God grading on a curve. I don't. Think yeah, this I, is I, a, I agree. Yeah, I, I, it, but it, it, if he were Noah, stacks up pretty well against the rest of his generation. Um, yeah, correct. <laughs> People so proud that they couldn't even get on a boat. But um, but I think what it is here, and I think this is how I would tackle this, is, and I've heard several theologians talk about it in this way, is believing loyalty. That Yeah, taking no, God at his word. Taking Noah God was word. going with God. And if we were to back up in our podcast, after we saw, when we were comparing the Garden of Eden and the exile to Cain and his sin— where Adam Cain leans yeah Adam leans into the character of God Cain leans away from it exactly so I I think when it talks about righteous and Nathan before the podcast you were talking about for instance Mary and Joseph in the New Testament they're called righteous yeah and, does, and a, a, a host of biblical characters really. that's right does that mean that they're sinless like these people don't need salvation yeah in other words God's comfortable uh, God inspired scripture he's comfortable using that language whether or not it's easy for us to reconcile with how we define these terms, right? So I mean, is that there, fair? there's a lesson to be learned here about on what you just said, though. And this is, and by the way, we're not cheap shotting at systematic theology because I, I use systematic theology every day. But is that if we only allow the words to mean what they normally mean in our systematic theology, we are going to get a really sometimes not just rigid 
but inaccurate understanding of the narrative that's before us. Because if righteous, we understand that word, well, it can only mean, that word can only mean someone who is totally sinless and perfect, and only God and Jesus are righteous. Well, you got a real problem here, because you know what? It says Noah is righteous. Yeah, this is God choosing this word under through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as he gave it to Moses. So this is how God has choose to reveal the word. And I think, I mean, word study is important, but word study should help us in one sense, not just discover, hey, what does the word mean? But how many different ways can this word be used? And I think what we'll find is this word can have a wide meaning uh, not just a specific one. And I think as Protestants, we jump to, well, it means sinless. Well, yeah. maybe not all the time. Maybe the, the here fancy, it means something else. The fancy way of saying that is that righteousness has a broad semantic domain. Amen. Uh, it, it's, it's, used, it's used much more broadly than we sometimes envision. Matt, I really liked what you said about leaning into the character of God, because I, I would go back, you know, if we're fielding this, um, so much of God revealing and relating to his creation comes through speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And uh, I go back to Genesis 6-3 for a second, where it says, Then the Lord said, uh, and this is precisely right after the mention of you know the sons of God going in with the daughters of men. Then the Lord said, but Noah's already been introduced at this point, right? He's introduced at the end of 5. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His day shall be 120 years. What's interesting is in a lot of the extra biblical sources, because Noah's really the only one who responds to this, and a lot of the extra biblical sources, they have God saying this directly to Noah. In the Bible, it's God saying it generally and Noah being the only one who responds. He's the only one who leans into the character of God and takes God at his word. He was responsive to the revelation he received. He act, Does that make sense? Right. It's, it's, it's kind of like acting in faith on God's word, kind of the way you defined it. Uh, it's not saying that Noah is perfect, but it, it is saying that Noah, <laughs> he responded to God in faith, right? And by the um, way, this is such a practical applicational point for our day and time, because we, we live in an age where you can know just about anything about anyone because of our digital footprints, all right? Um, I mean, we could we could all be undone in a moment, right? Uh, it, you know, if we're if if social media be the court, <laughs> if, you know, at, somebody, at least on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. The the dumpster fire of toxicity that is Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but I please follow please follow us. I better than Victor. <laughs> oh yeah, we have a Twitter handle. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's right. But mm. when you read about, and by the way, I've heard people even try to discredit the Bible by saying, hey, look at who the Bible declares righteous, and look at all the terrible things they did. And I Oh, think that's it's... interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I like, I like, the, I like that. I, I... So I, I think here is that— Who, get, who gets to say so? God, yes. In other words, God, God gets to defend him before those people just like he defends him before our limited definitions. Yes. Well, there you that's go. That's kind of like, so... like that, vir- that viral Alistair Begg quote that's going around everywhere this week while we're recording— uh, the man, you know, the only thing any of us have to say if, if we're asked why we should get to come into heaven, the the man on the middle cross said I could come. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Amen to that. If, if, if God calls, if God reveals this story to us and says Noah's righteous, that's good enough for me. Right. Uh, my, my, my definition will have to accommodate that. 
Mm. You know, I, I never miss a chance to bring up, um, you know, tropes and stuff. We've talked about Chekhov's gun a lot, but there's actually a trope that's aptly named. It's called uh, it's called Word of God. In other words, it, the trope says that if the story, if the infallible narrator says something in a story, you just take it as true. Oh, that's and, interesting. You know, I did not so, know about that trope. Yeah, because, well, basically, you know, if you're reading a book and it says, and the door was, the door was green, you don't have to question it. You're like, okay, the door was green. Oh, so here we have, we have literal, the word of God says, he was righteous, blameless in his up, upright in his generation. There we go. It says it. Mm. I feel like we need that little NBC shooting star with the rainbow. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> okay, so I, I asked that. It is basically half a joke where I was like, oh, okay, well, it talks about him as righteous a couple times. So uh, um, at risk of starting, an, starting another tangent that I didn't expect to start, I have another question. Oh, good. And that is we're talking a lot about the animals here. And uh, a detail I knew, but maybe I didn't fully have in the front of my brain until i read it just now with you guys is it talks about taking clean animals mm. but this as far as i can remember this is like the first time we're talking about segregating things into clean and unclean the first time that language is used but how does this apply to noah because noah wouldn't know what that means right because that doesn't come until much later well it is funny like i i, I don't know about all the extra biblical traditions on Noah. I do know that like when we get to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, like they, they come up with all sorts of way. Like how did the patriarchs keep the law when they existed several centuries before the law was given at Sinai? Like that, that spells out all the clean and unclean stuff. And like in Jubilees, God sends an angel to teach Abraham, Isaac and Jacob the Hebrew language so that they can keep kosher tables uh, prior to uh, Moses at Sinai, so that's that's a fun that's a fun little thing. It's tempting, and and you sometimes hear said, uh, you know, you sometimes hear it said among Old Testament scholars that they are reading back since you know the Old Testament traditionally being involved uh, being revealed to Moses as a major source, as the primary source, as the sole source, you know, depending on who's discussing it. Uh, but they would say it's Moses's time reading their food laws back onto Noah's time, right? That's actually not my position. Oh, wow. Um, I, th I think we are paying too much attention to the what and not enough attention to the when. Um, so, so Gandalf, you, you mentioned um, the fact that there are pairs and that the number seven is coming into play. Where have we seen the number seven and pairs operating before this? In fact... That would be, that would be creation. Ding, ding, ding. You, you have said... In, in several of our recent episodes that you're seeing things in the Noah story that harken back to the creation story, right? Yeah. Um, and where is the first place in all of scripture that we get food laws? That uh, would be, you, you may not eat of fruit from this tree. And, and what's going on when that happens? God, what's God's relationship to humanity? Uh, he's freely... He's freely, that's it. He's freely relating to them. God in the midst of his people. What's going on when you have the food laws given in Leviticus? Oh, it's God dwelling among. Yeah, Israelites. right. So that's we like we get to Leviticus and we're like, oh, what are all these crazy sacrificial and food rules about? We, we focus on the what, but we miss the when. Those are given after God comes down the mountain. So like uh, sacrifices and food laws are not the requirement 
to come to God. They're the response to God coming to you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, yeah. we, we respond to God coming to us with these designations of clean and unclean. It harkens back to Eden, uh, where God dwelled with his people, and, and you have these parameters when God is in your midst. What is being captured in the flood story, again, as a point of distinction from all the other flood stories, here is a righteous person. That's the criterion by which this person who took God at his word relates to God. Um, and when God is part of the story, uh, it's it's not just what's in the boat. It what's, it, it's what goes in you on the boat and what goes on the altar before God, right? Uh, so, so to me, this this brings us all the way back to Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, uh, the first food story and the first sacrifice story, Genesis four four. Um, mm. Does that make does that make more sense of it, Gandalf? In, in other words, you get some of the meaning not just by what it is, but 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 by connecting that dot with other places in Scripture that deal with this. Yeah, um, well, the, it's all. Go ahead. You, you you've talked about this before, Nathan. You talked about how much like food and meal imagery is used in, in scripture. We've, we've had a whole bunch of things up until this point, but yeah, I guess that makes, that makes sense trying to figure out. I, it's one of those things, right? Like it's, it's tempting to start reading things that have already happened back into the section you're reading now. And I'm also, okay, I'm also comfortable with the Bible, you know, Maybe this one, you know, we know that people have been worshiping God for some time at this point. You know, we've talked about that. Uh, you know, Seth's genealogy beginning to call on the name of the Lord under Eno- with Enosh. Um, I- I'm comfortable with us not having an exhaustive explanation. You know, maybe God did spell out prior to this what clean and unclean looked like, and we just don't have that. I mean, that's an option too. But I do think that connection to other parts of Scripture that have these same thematic clusters is noteworthy. Let me throw in one thing here, uh, and I, I learned this from Kenneth Matthews' commentary. Uh, the That's in the New American, New American commentary? Yeah, New American commentary. So the clean animals are also, from that group, come the sacrificial animals. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting is that in the Epic of Gilgamesh, if we're going to talk about our polemic, in Gilgamesh, the cargo that went on the ark vessel was the family, animals, and then valuable metals, and then the craftsmen who construct the vessel. That's that's what went on the ark. And contrasting that with here is that you're not taking a means to keep the ark afloat, i.e. the craftsmen. You're taking mm. animals for sacrifice. Like it's it's a total it's not a man man made effort to keep this thing going. It is complete dependence upon the God who's done all this. Yeah, I love that. And that will come into play later because it, it says that God closes the door. Yeah, and the right? lo- at the end of 16, and the Lord shut them in. Yeah, right. The security, and- the security on the ark is not inside the ark, it's outside the ark, right? <laughs> and we were joking um, around uh, earlier, like, <laughs> the, the, we, we never read about a rudder. I guess if it doesn't matter where you're going, it doesn't... <laughs> you should, I'm, no reason I'm, to have a, a steering pre- wheel. No reason pre- to have yeah, a helm. Yeah, pre pre recording, I did sing "Jesus Take the Wheel," but I did "Jesus Take the Helm" instead. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Take um, the Helm. If it doesn't matter where you're going, <laughs> it doesn't matter. So it's uh, thank God that was pre recording. Um, <laughs> Matt, 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 and Gandalf can't unhear it, but thank God no one else has to hear it. Yeah, there um, you go. All right, so it's playing in my with, head now, though. <laughs> so I, I, I guess mo- like 
uh, not Moses. I guess Noah had to be careful. Like, don't put the don't put the beavers and the woodpeckers and all them on the bottom deck. <laughs> it, it, it was it wouldn't be, have been a good time. Yeah. So like, what I, about you know, termites? A few weeks, I, I, oh no! <laughs> I, I, a few weeks a few weeks ago, I shared that Spurgeon quote: uh, "By perseverance, a snail boarded the ark." And I, and I guess by say by by faith, the woodpeckers and the termites and the beavers were included <laughs> as well. You're right. Um, <laughs> Mm. And you know, okay, also is, in some of the extra biblical writings, that, that some of the animals that the Nephilim and you know all the sons of God that they were these like hybrid creatures because of all the sins that the fallen angels did with the animals and stuff like that. I'm imagining like you know a centaur showing up and Noah being like, "Ain't happening, bro." There are cart- like there are, there are <laughs> cartoons about this where like all of the. Where like all of the unicorns and centaurs yeah. and other mythical creatures That's just right. don't get the, just, they just don't get the invite from Noah. <laughs> Sorry, um, man. Okay, mm-hmm. so this may be a wild tangent. I apologize, viewers. I'm sorry, or I'm sorry, listener. I'm sorry. Future Gandalf, be careful. Be ready on the cut button on this. <laughs> uh, knowing what we know now, in light of this uh, revelation about the clean and unclean animals, were dinosaurs clean or unclean? Did did Noah bring the dinosaur dinosaurs onto the ark for for purposes of sacrifice? Hmm. I'm gonna kick. I'm gonna outkick that one to scandalous topics, guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, that, wait. Okay, this so, is the liberating wh- thing about not having a role on the show anymore. Right. Like I no longer I no longer bear the pressure of segues. Like so, I don't have to be clever, and now I don't have to bear the top uh, the weight of scandalous topics. So I'm just going to sit here and drink my sweet tea. Matt, you feel this one. (laughs) All right. On that note, thank you for listening. If indeed you still are after that, if you're not, I understand, but please join us next week. And we are going to continue talking about the the salvation of Noah and his family through flotation in the ark. We're going to get to some interesting stuff. We're done with the animals. The ark is completed. All right. It's starting to get a little wet next week. So like, subscribe, follow us on our social media, send us questions on our website, and we'll see you next week. See you then. Shalom. Da 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 da.